Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. The most listened to radio show in the nonprofit sector, dedicated to helping your charity succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to fundraising success, and practical nonprofit management advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect landing point to learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books range from successful online fundraising to expert nonprofit management. Guests on the Nonprofit Coach are leaders in their field who share their insider tips and trade secrets in a conversational style both the experienced and novice will benefit from. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you and your organization move to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. This is a live call-in show. Add your voice by calling 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Click on Radio. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to this latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for joining us. We are live here at BBCon 2016 at National Harbor in Maryland. Uh, and as I've said many times on this show, BBCon is one of the best organized conferences you can possibly go to. Uh, and we always make sure that here at uh, BBCon, we grab some of the top experts to get a chance to hear what is really new and what is really happening. And today we've got Ashley Thompson with us. She is the managing uh, director of the Blackbot Institute for Philanthropic Impact, and she's here to tell us all about it. Welcome here to the Nonprofit Coach, Ashley. Hi, Ted. Thanks for having me. We are thrilled to be able to talk about this initiative uh, we actually just launched this initiative two days ago on our first day of conference here. Um, and essentially... So this really is news. This is breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> That's we, great. We, um, we broke it two days ago. And, and what it is, essentially, you can think about it, is it is BlackBods furthering their commitment um, into how they give back to build an ecosystem of good. We do a lot of talking about the fact that as a company, and what we provide their technology powers that ecosystem. And so the Institute is, is really the component of that ecosystem that gives back specifically through research and data insights um, for the purpose of being able to drive better effectiveness by the sector. Well, and that helps all of us. And one of the things that I've really appreciated about BlackBot over the last several years uh, is this turning to data and, and not just putting data out, but helping to analyze and helping charities, both large and small, be able to start using that data to be smarter, 
to be able to be a little bit more cutting edge um, and to understand where they fit in the overall uh, ecosystem of good, uh, as you call it, but the charitable sector. Um, so tell us, um, now it's just launched, what happens now? Yeah, that's right. And you, you bring up a good point is that, you know, BlackBot has a, has a rich history of, of bringing valuable insights. We've got some really notable reports like the Charitable Giving Report that we produce every year that's based off our BlackBot index. So this is actually us taking that a step further and going deeper um, in that space. So we realize that we actually have beyond the index and what you see, we actually have a really great wealth of data, um, actually the, the largest set of philanthropic giving um, that exists out there. And so this is us taking it one step further and, and looking at where we can actually go in and select actually very specific best practices and provide real tangible answers. For us, beyond overall giving trends, there are a lot of questions that still exist about certain practices, there's a lot of misconceptions, and certainly in our sector today, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, if you will, about what works and what doesn't. And so we recognize that we have an ability to actually go in and probably actually find the real data back answers mm -hmm. right, around right. some of these questions. Well, and, and, and some of those sort of, uh, you know, wives' tales or, or sort of tried and trues um, have changed. The marketplace has changed and what donors expect, uh, what communities expect have changed. So it, it's not to say that what was true in the past wasn't actually true in the past, but how relevant is it now? Um, and how has the market changed? And I think it's very exciting uh, that BlackBot is going to take this on because I think there's lots of room in the marketplace uh, for us to be able to learn uh, how to do things better. So how, how will we actually see this put into practice? I know it's only day two, uh, so we're not expecting a, a lot of detail at this point, but, but what are you expecting of yourself? What are you expecting uh, of this movement? That's right. Um, yeah, we are certainly in our infancy um, in building this, um, but what, what we expect to see more than anything as we go forward is actually deeper collaboration um, with our partners in the space. One of the things that we want to do, we have, a, we have some ideas about uh, where we would like to go with research over the next couple of years, but one of the, the big keys to this whole initiative is the, is the convening of, of experts in the space to actually bring them to the table to talk about what we should be talking about um, and, and identifying where we can go next and how we can actually collaborate. So there may actually be there may actually be examples where we, we do something that we provide some of the data, maybe not even all of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, there may be um, a lot of instances where we're bringing in outside experts. Part of what our goal with this is to, beyond the research, is to actually be able to provide many more um, perspectives on every single piece mm -hmm. so that we are one voice and we have one great perspective and a great expertise because of what we have insight to, but we're not the only voice out there, and we recognize that. So part of this program is being able to reach out, really, um, and bring more folks into the fold. The, 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 the name Institute um, seems to uh, note some sort of academic uh, underpinning of the work that you're doing. Is, is that the case here, or is this more sort of uh, the, the corporate data coming into the real world mm -hmm. as opposed to um, an academic approach to looking at this data? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny that you asked that question. We spent a lot of time on the name 
because we wanted to make sure that we that we represented our intentions here. And when you look at the definition of institute, it actually talks about and convening around education. So for us, the institute is not actually a physical building. There's no walls around this. What it is is our, you know, quote unquote, think tank, if you will, um, to bring folks to the table and to get the collaborate around different things. We're working with groups like universities. We're working with corporations. We're working with foundations. We're working with nonprofits. We're working with experts. So for us, institute is more of a representation around a convening. And institute as a verb actually means to put into action. Okay. And so that's a big part of it that resonated for us and why we, we actually use the term institute for film Perfect. Uh, so when in your planning is the first time that there may be some document or something that is has the institute's name on it? Well, we also on Wednesday released our very first uh, report that was branded under the Blackbot Institute for Philanthropic Impact. Okay. And what it was, it was a piece called Sustainers and Focus, um, and the objective was uh, around unveiling the value of retained our, uh, revenue. Okay. And it looked at sustainer programs, and what it did was actually provide real data behind what the ROI is over the course of a number of years. Mm. We looked at one organization very closely who was best in, in class in this, and then we looked at multiple organizations, and across the board, we saw how effective these can be in organizations. So it's a perfect example of actually what we're going to be doing through the Institute is because this is actually part one in a multiple part series where we will be taking those best insights and now looking at actually the best practices around it. So if this is pro proven ROI, now what are going to be the best practices okay. and what is proven behind those data insights. So, and putting that data out, the report is out now, what you're hoping is that others will take that and start showing how that data can be put into practice or uh, add their own stories or case studies around that sort of data set? Absolutely. Well, and what we see is, again, that people have a lot of anecdotal evidence that they cite, mm -hmm. whether or not it's actually based in any kind of reality. So our goal is to be able to use um, what we know to be true and what we can find to be true and then expand upon that. So what we hope happens is that it actually creates a conversation internally. There's a big myth for financial teams that it is too cumbersome to institute a monthly giving program or a regular recurring giving program within an organization. And what we're able to show is it's simply not true. Right. And something like this, I would imagine, will become very valuable uh, to our listeners who are trying to convince their skeptical boards of directors um, when they're trying to put these programs together. So that kind of data can become very, very useful. Well, we wish you all the very best with the Blackbot Institute for Philanthropic Impact. I hope that you'll come back on the Nonprofit Coach from time to time, maybe when you have new reports or when you have new data sets uh, to make sure that our listeners know exactly what's happening at the Institute. We would love to. Thanks so much for Absolutely. having us. Thank you so right. much. Thank you. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, we have Joel Martins. Joel is the Vice President of Product Development at MicroEdge Blackboard, uh, and he is here to talk to us about the value of configurable technology 
platforms. Yeah. Now, I said that slow because that is a real mouthful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Joel, welcome here to the Nonprofit yeah. Coach. Great to have you here. Good to have. Good to be here. Uh, so, can you, for the rest of us who don't live and breathe technology, yeah. help us understand what does this mean? Yeah. So today we, we're seeing more and more of our customers want a, a single solution uh, rather than point solutions, uh, and we call that a platform. Uh, also, they 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 see the benefit in using a solution that other uh, other organizations are using as well, that because that people, you get updates faster, higher quality offering. Uh, they're not locked into something customized. Mm-hmm. And that's what we call a configurable platform. Okay. So it's some it's, it's something we provide in the cloud. Uh, so it's a, a web-based solution. Uh, it's highly configurable to meet the organization's needs. Uh, so that they they can configure the the software platform to do just what they want, but it's not a custom solution. Right. We we we've had other folks on on the show, and so let me just ask you if this is akin to because it sounds like it's very exciting yeah. that because it's in the cloud, yeah. you're able to access it. it. It actually has a component to it where you're benefiting from the experience of others who are Absolutely. using the technology. Yeah. So while you're actually using the technology, it's getting better as you're using yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. So is it that sort of tech? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the, the best example of this is what we call our outcome solution. So outcomes is a way for nonprofits and foundations to better collaborate around outcomes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a problem the, the the sector has had for a long time is coming up with a standard list of measurable outcomes. Mm-hmm. And because our solution lives in the cloud, it, it allows nonprofits and foundations to choose impact measurement that right. works for them. But as more and more people use this, we can curate it and make make that information available to all organizations. Exactly. Now, just for our listeners yeah. to be certain what community you're talking about, yeah. um, how do you define the micro-edge community? Yeah, so the micro-edge community is primarily made up of foundations or granting organizations. Mm-hmm. So we work with uh, co- corporate, family, independent, and community foundations. Okay. Uh, so any organization that whose primary mission is to give grants to mm-hmm. nonprofits, mm-hmm. Uh, those organizations sometimes also uh, will, will do donor management or, or have right. independent donors. And, and for a lot of years, particularly in the, so the home office or the, the, the you know, family foundation yeah. side, there were a lot of sort of homegrown yeah. sort of, you know, uh, chewing gum and bailing twine sort yeah. of uh, programs uh, that they did the best that they could, okay. but there wasn't really a sense of, of community or a sense exactly. of technology that could really power what they viewed as a very personal uh, sort of a grant experience. Right. And this is about professionalizing that, but also about compliance and yeah. making sure that standards are kept as yeah, well, right? Exactly. So talk to us a little bit about how technology of this sort is not, not just a good idea, uh, but it can actually transform the ability for uh, foundations to be able to do the job they actually want to do. Right. So the, 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 a couple of things. One, the software we provide uh, gives our clients or foundations the ability to focus the most amount of time on their mission and on their programs. Right. So, so our goal is to make it so they don't have to worry about that bailing, you know, bailing wire, duct, <laughs> right. duct tape, whatever, that yeah. homegrown solution. Yeah. We make all of that, uh, all of that administrative work yeah. around granting and donor management, whatever. Yeah, as I, as I always say to folks when they're, they're 
sort of on the fence or they're asking me, you know, is this something we really should invest in? Is this something that we really need? Because maybe we don't because, yeah. you know, Susie has always been able to do this, you know, on right. the back of a napkin or, right. or maybe on, on uh, three by five cards. Right. And that's the point that I bring up is Absolutely. that this is about freeing up your time to right. be philanthropic right. Um, because you're not technology experts. Exactly. And but, unless you're going to pretend yeah. to be that technology expert, you ought to rely on technology experts to help you. My, when my mom was wondering if she should get email or not, I said, well, you can continue to write out your letters to me if you would like to and put them in the mail where you can just put them in email. And it made a lot of sense. It made, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, save right. time for it. The other thing that we do for our, our clients is ensure security of their information. Uh, so again, with and that's home, a bigger issue today than it was even a few years ago. Oh, absolutely, cybersecurity is, absolutely. is is huge. Yeah, and we we work with foundations all around the world that security is really important to them. They don't want uh, somebody accessing in, you know intimate details about who they give grants to or applications and things like mm -hmm. that. And we because of our scale and the number of customers we have, we can do that better than somebody can just do on their own. Right. Now talk a little bit about scale because in the community that you're serving. We're talking about really wide-ranging um, differences in size. Yes. Um, so, who does this work for? Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, okay. I mean that's the that's the beauty of a configurable solution. Okay. Right. So out of the box, it, it, it'll work for a uh, a small foundation that right. just does a few grants, all the way up to the biggest foundations in the world that are right. doing. So, if you view yourself as you know as a relatively small foundation without maybe uh, what you view as, as a great deal of needs, then you can use the system for what you need exactly. it for, um, as opposed to feeling that, you know, you have to have all the bells and whistles um, just to have that. Maybe your fear is that you don't have staff to support it. That's, uh, and yeah, we can, we work with all foundations regardless of size. Okay. So in, in this, and I'm, I'm going to make sure I get this right, configurable yeah. technology platform, yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a way that, that you get beyond sort of that, that tongue twister yeah. um, to say, you know, why this really matters? Yeah, you want a cloud solution you can rely on okay. uh, that's easy to use and you don't have and to worry And why a cloud it. solution? What, what, if, what if someone says, I don't know anything about this cloud? What, yeah. why, why a cloud solution? Uh, because the best, best technology today is only available in the cloud. Uh, okay. So your mobile devices that we all carry in our in our pockets, mm -hmm. uh, if, if you want something on your mobile device, you mm -hmm. need a cloud solution. Right. Uh, and, and so that's an, another example of something we give our customers. Yeah. So they can access. It's also a whole lot safer than installing software on that five-year-old Dell exactly. that's on its last exactly. legs, and you're trying to. And when yeah. it fails, yeah. so does all your data. Yeah. But t tell me why, if you're in the cloud, that mm -hmm. isn't the case. Well, be because uh, in the cloud you have uh, what's called redundancy or thousands upon thousands upon thousands of servers. And our software is designed to run on any one of those at any time. So if somebody trips over a power cable or the network goes out in one particular data center. Oh, it's an earthquake or your building burns down. Yeah, you, yeah, you, just, you just go and plug back in and everything is still there right. as opposed to everything that we just had is lost. Exactly. So, well, this is, this is brilliant. It's, yeah. a, it's a, an important step forward. Yeah. And, I, and I love the fact that what you're designing is something that can really work for small uh, sort of mom and pop uh, foundations that really just want to be philanthropic um, to really sort of big box foundations that have lots of staff that can think through these things. And maybe they don't really need you because they've got enough money to go build something. But the reality is, is that as soon as you start custom building something yourself, you're now not being able to benefit 
from all of the technology that's changing on nearly a daily basis. So my view, again, is that, you know, when you have a technology platform that you're able to benefit every single day from the changes and experiences of everybody else, that's better for you than no matter how much money you have to be able to sink into something that's homegrown. Absolutely. Well, I can't thank you enough, Joel, for being here. It's been a pleasure to have you here on The Nonprofit Coach. We've got to keep the show going, though, and uh, uh, we've got uh, Charlie Vanek here. Charlie, come on up. It's good to see you. Hey, man. Yeah. Are you enjoying BBCon? I love it. I love it. You know, this is the largest gathering of uh, folks that help the the philanthropic community or are in the philanthropic community, so it's uh, great to be a part of the energy. Well, that's a great transition. Let me just make sure that my listeners know who uh, who you are. You're the vice president of product management at MicroEdge Blackbot, um, and you've got some really great things to share with us about foundations and corporations and how they fit into now what you're calling the ecosystem of good. Yeah. So so why don't we talk about that and then talk about how foundations and corporations fit in? Yeah. So let me, let me just talk about what is important to our customers, because that's what I get paid to do is, is make right. great software yeah, for, yeah. that helps our customers' missions. So, you know, for instance, um, community foundations, they want to have, a, you know, a great engagement with their donors. That's one of the most important things for them to do. We can make software that does that, right? Many of our corporations have corporate social responsibility programs. They want to engage, you know, sometimes tens or hundreds of thousands of employees in their philanthropic efforts as a part of not only re- employee retention, but giving people a sense of purpose and mission apart from the work. And, you know, um, grant-making institutions want to have a relationship that often starts at the application. And so there's a commonality around this in that our customers want to make connections with their, you know, their, their largest stakeholders for whatever reason. And when we put all those connections together, we connect donors to community foundations, employees to employers, when we connect grant-making institutions with nonprofits, that's the ecosystem of good, right? Okay, well, we are touching, what a great concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I think it comes um, from a mindset that we feel like anybody can be a philanthropist now. Right. Not just your Bill Gates's. Yeah, exactly. Not just your, you know, yeah. the heads of the community foundation, but anybody in any way can be a, um, a philanthropist. That's right. Well, and, and I spoke uh, earlier today. Thank you for inviting me to, uh, to speak uh, here at BBCon on donor advice funds. Right. And that's one of the mechanisms through which anyone can have basically a virtual foundation without having to manage a foundation um, and to be able to be a philanthropist, a, a philanthropist um, and have professional support in doing that. And, and MicroEdge supports all of those activities as well. The gr- yeah. Yeah. So tell me now that we have a bit of a definition of the, this ecosystem of good, how do foundations and corporations fit into that? Well, they're pri- you know they're primary you know, philanthropists. They're you know they um, they are the core of it. I feel like you know we've got over eighty six thousand foundations in the country and tens of thousands of corporations. Some of them not incorporated, but tens of thousands of businesses. Because there's such a, a dramatic um, you know that give out. Well, in the case of foundations, I think it's three and a half trillion dollars mm-hmm. in assets that, that foundations are sitting on. Right. Now this is an economy of 17 trillion a year. We're talking about a major aspect of our economy. Right. So it just makes sense that we have that we address their needs and that we, through the, addressing them, they, those needs, help them promote an even more philanthropic uh, mindset throughout their corporations um, or throughout their foundations. As far as the corporations, I think there's a lot of upside. I think especially with today's millennials, you know, our our you know our platform AngelPoints, uh, which serves to 
um, help corporations do volunteer events and, and employee giving, we have over a million users of that, right? And that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We have competitors that serve you know, other corporations and you know, the, what is there, 140 million employees in this country right, here? Right. So we're talking, you know, large scale from the resources point of view for foundations and lots of people that, that you know, that are housed in corporations that can be, you know, a part of this ecosystem of good. So there's just scale there. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I really appreciate, um, and, and you and I have spoken a lot about, um, is compliance and making sure that when you're philanthropic, it is truly philanthropic because we, there's too many experiences out there, you know, where it's fraudulent or money is being quote unquote raised for something um, and it doesn't actually go there. Um, and so by creating these systems um, and making sure that these systems are compliant, um, what people get is when I'm being philanthropic, I know that there's, there, there is a system there that is making sure that my tax receipt is good, that the money is going where it's supposed to go, that IRS compliance is there. Um, and so it, it takes sort of those worries away. And for clients, you know, like foundations and corporations who have a, a lot of, of uh, compliance issues that they have to uh, be considering, but what they really want to do is be philanthropic. And what they really want to do is do good, um, as you said, um, to have systems in place that can help them make an easier time of the compliance side so that that doesn't become basically the, the, the tail wagging the dog, um, but that they really can be philanthropic and feel good about how the data is being collected. We talked earlier uh, with Joel about cybersecurity and how important that is. And these are all topics that while they probably were important topics five, six, seven years ago, um, they've taken on urgency now. Yeah. Anything that can take the friction out of, you know, giving is, yeah. is a good thing. That's right. Regulation, especially when it relates to international giving, right. is super, super important because right. the possibility of fraud or misuse of funds and certainly the, even the post, you know, post-distribution tracking of what they're doing with the That's resources right. is very difficult. And so, you know, you've got major philanthropists at, at corporations who stand some risk right. if they don't do it right uh, that really, really demand that. And there's great services like yours and others that allow for that. And that's a real important thing because, you know, we live in a globalist society and that's there's right. people that want to solve problems outside of their own domain. Right. And, and even know. even domestically as well to, to make sure that the money is going to a legitimate charity and not into somebody's pocket. And, um, and but as you said, the regulations even more internationally. Um, but I think, you know, as you said, removing that friction um, and making it possible for people because it starts with giving of yourself. And as you said, yeah. the, the, the ecosystem of good. Um, but if, if something goes, goes wrong um, or regulations aren't followed um, or there's a scandal of some sort, it just leaves everybody feeling bad because it started with someone with a good heart um, but didn't end there. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think what you folks are developing here, particularly um, with foundations. Now, some foundations have, um, the ability to have staffs who are professional and really know what they're doing. And, and, and what this does is ease their job. But then there's a whole host of foundations um, and corporations out there that don't have those professional staffs and, and now can really rely on the fact that, that all those things can be taken care of um, and they can really spend their time and be freed to do the good in their communities or the good around the world that they really desire to do. Yeah, and corporations are building up the skill not only to, to vet these organizations, which is extremely important and remove some of that friction, but actually align them with their mission. So you see outfits like Pentair, 
right. you know, in, in my hometown of uh, the Twin Cities that builds water filtration systems. Wow, what, what do you think they should be, you know, um, pointing their, their volunteers and doing their employee giving towards, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're solving the international water problems, right? Exactly. So there's a, you know, and that's that, you know, when they do that, they, um, you know, they really embrace their mission, and I think they really energize their, their, their employees Well, also. it becomes very real. Yeah. It very yeah. real. But for corporations that aren't doing that, um, what people are doing is they're sharing their giving and volunteering experiences with their friends through mobile devices or right. through right. You know, the cloud technology that Joel was talking about. And so that endorsement, I think, also not only takes away friction, but actually encourages people. Right, so the, the the technology that that you know, and that micro donation stuff at that micro donation level where employees might be giving fifty, you know, twenty five dollars, that's super important. Um, then you can press a button and get that on social media and share that with you know your not not just your employee network, but your you know your friends and family network all around the globe. Right, uh, Charlie, thank you so much for being my guest. We have about two minutes left, so I'm okay. going to turn the 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 uh, topic and just ask you to take us out to the end of the show by telling everybody why they should be at BBCon next year if they weren't here this year. Well, that ooh, that's a great one. Uh, it will, as I'm a little bit uh, you know recovering from this week, I will tell you the recovery is because. There's so much to do, and there's so many people to see, and there's so many people to be inspired by. You know, we have had, just in Corporations Foundation's business unit, uh, 84 uh, sessions. That's a tremendous amount of content that we're, um, that we're, that we're providing for people. Also, the, because now we're, uh, Corporations Foundation is part of the global uh, BBCon, you know, the quality of people that we're getting is tremendous. We've seen, we see subject matter experts from all over the globe coming and talking to our customers and helping them, you know, turbocharge the ecosystem of good. So if they haven't come this year, they need to look at the programming and the people and the energy that comes out of this place and make their reservations. For next year. It's truly the biggest conference of good on the planet, and it's great to be here. And, Charlie, thank you so much for being my guest here on The Nonprofit Coach. And we'll catch you next time here on The Nonprofit Coach. You can catch all of our podcasts at tedhart.com. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad friendly podcasts at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.